listening to the Cars of Carlisle podcast, episode 42, the Reichard Family Car Heritage. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, the Cars of Carlisle team heads to nearby Bowling Springs, Pennsylvania. While there at his parents' house, your host reminisces with his folks about four generations of Rikert automotive history. Rick and Carolyn share stories about their son's lifelong obsession about all things automotive. From Darren's massive childhood matchbox and Hot Wheels car collection, to working the crowd at car shows in the 80s and 90s. Pull up a chair to the Rikert family kitchen table and learn more about how a four-decade car fascination launched this international podcast. So, let's get revved up. Hello, everyone. Do not change the dial. Yes, this is still Cars of Carlisle, but a different voice hosting this evening. This is Scott. In my travels along with Darren throughout the past year, it's been really interesting watching the discussions and interviews with guests and listeners, um, in that it starts out as an information-gathering interview, but very quickly turns into friendly discussion and banter. Um, And there have been several people along the way who, after the fact of listening to the podcast, have said that they would like to know more about Darren. Darren the person, and his interest in cars. Now, I know going into all of this personally that uh, Darren's main interest was to share everything that he could about the automotive industry and anything going on with Cars of Carlisle and to not make it about him, but more importantly, about the guests and the listeners and any information that he could convey. However, with much convincing, this episode will focus on Darren sharing random and auto-focused information about himself, as well as answering questions that I and some listeners have for him. So here we are out of Boiling Springs at Darren's parents' house. We are at the kitchen table doing a type of round table interview. Some background information on Darren and his family and the love of cars from the past. So Darren, you talked about in the opener about the four generations of uh, automotive love. So uh, mm-hmm. do you want to start in on that and mention about where it started and, and how it began? Well, I probably need to turn my dad because I never knew my great-grandfather. And that's really where uh, the first generation, if you will, it's almost the time of the horseless carriage and the very first era of vehicles uh, with the wooden spoked wheels and, and all of that. So I'll, I'll turn to my dad. Yeah, my grandfather was born, I believe it's 1889. Uh, I recall seeing some very early photos of him. He had an Oakland uh, touring car that he drove. And then in about 1923, he made a replica of uh, a roadster, uh, probably a Model T, uh, maybe something a little later than that. But uh, for my father, for his sixth birthday, he made it all out of, uh, you know, shape the tin. It had pedals. It had uh, outside band brakes, chain drive, flat chain. And uh, I think it was a valve wheel for the steering wheel. So I still have that. I uh, It went through several members of the family, and I had it restored and uh, have it today. Then uh, my father was... Uh, a, more a car collector than a restorer. He had a number of Corvairs. Uh, Impalas. Uh, he had a couple of Impalas. He had uh, 
Let's see. Yeah, in the Corvair, he had the uh, a convertible, he had a sedan, and he had the van uh, in the Corvair era. Uh, later, he had a 40, 1940 Chevrolet two-door sedan, I believe. So he he uh, fixed them up, but uh, you know they weren't show cars by any means. He enjoyed them. Yeah, he enjoyed them, right. And you still have the pedal car now? Yes, yes okay. I do. Right. Yeah, it's uh, black, uh, in black enamel. And mom, your dad actually was seemed like he was buying and selling a car every year or two too, right? You right. always you were always around a new car in the driveway. Uh, pretty much. I remember back Studebakers were the big thing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> My dad always had the manual shift. That's what I learned to drive on. He uh, he loved the manual shifts. Mm -hmm. So. Maybe that's where you get it, Darren, because you always love the manual shifts, too. Well, and you you, uh, you always said about when your dad would go in to get a new car, the, uh, oh, yeah. back then, the showroom would give you models of the cars, plastic models, and then what happened? My brother and I used to wreck them. <laughs> We'd have demolition derbies run into each other. Yeah, they'd be worth a fortune today, of right, course. Right. But, uh, yeah. Better the model smash. cars than the real cars, though. Yeah, <laughs> they were smashed. Smash those into each other. Well, let's then talk about uh, after your dad. You obviously were into cars before you probably even had your license, right? Well, I was into a 1948 motor scooter, a Cushman uh, motor scooter back then souped it up such as you could it was my father's help um, milled the head and bored it out uh so it must have had like 0.3 more horsepower than, <laughs> than it was invented with but uh yeah so i always liked that and uh first car i ever owned was a 1964 chevy impala two-door super sport and it was an automatic 327 uh Aqua blue with a white interior. Uh, it was a nice car. That was first car I owned, and uh, Carolyn and I were married. That's what we had. Then so. it had the twin antennas, 45. Yeah, had two uh, twin antennas on the rear. Right. It was a hard top, yeah. I know there's pictures of me being held on a lap in that car, kind of before the whole yep. child seat in time. And all that. Yeah, you would have been projected like a rocket out of that thing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That was... Uh, yeah. Probably the one car I wish I had today. You know, it was uh -huh. a classic. And then I got into, uh, you always had to watch this activity going on in the garage. It started with Model A Fords. Had uh, a 1929 Roadster, which did a frame-off restoration on that. And uh, What was the car that I remember in the garage from 30 years ago that you had? The red, what was oh, that? That was the Impala. That was the Impala. Oh, okay. We'll get into that era was well, this I yeah, yeah yeah this, i got out of the impala yeah. era no fast forwarding or the corvair yeah. era area yeah. 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 That, yeah. Was so, error. that was an error on my part for the corvair <laughs> era, right. era. Right. so uh 1929 roadster uh came out of new mexico originally it was a pile of parts and uh uh i think carolyn's comment was you paid what for that and, and uh but over the years we uh we did a, a really a nice restoration on it. it. Had dual side mounts, rumble seat. Darren and his sister would ride to car shows yes. in that rumble seat. Uh, usually hunkered down in with a blanket because it was cold. We lived in New York State then. Uh, took that car to Hershey and got a, a first junior award uh, first time out. So got a lot of trophies with that car. And we always had um, rolls like. Uh, I would do the wheels and the detail, the, the white walls. And yeah. Steph would have her duties and roles. To your pit crew. 
Yeah, kind of. And then yeah, we had to clean it up because we never trailered it. We drove it to right. wherever we went. And then we had to learn all about the car. So at a young age, we'd be able to describe it. This is a 29. And yes, we did period correct on this. Had to. We had to learn about it. You make it sound like prison camp. Like there wasn't an interest there to start with. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of became techies. We knew our family car and we could talk to anybody at the car show, any stranger about it. We'd be proud of it. Uh, third vehicle we did uh, was a 1929 uh, Model A uh, two-door sedan. That one got about 80% done and uh, we sold it. Uh, unfortunately, that was supposed to be Carolyn's and uh, it never got finished. So I apologize again for that. Yeah. Then, then we got into the, uh, uh, let's see, I guess it was the Mustang. Darren's first vehicle was a uh, 68 Mustang. And, and that was blue. No, is that no, like blue? Like green. Seafoam green. Seafoam green. green. Oh, Not the most manly of colors, but it, I kept it original. It had like deep moss was the, the interior color, so it was like a dark dark green two-tone. But it was just a standard six, straight six, 200 cubic inch coupe. Yeah, so, so he worked on that with me, and we uh, he drove that in your yeah. junior, senior year in high school, and some after that, I think. And so. into college, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, then we got into uh, the Chevy era. That was we had a uh, we had a '65. We bought a '65 SS Impala convertible, uh, and uh, it from the original owner. And trunk was bad shape, as often happens with convertibles. Did a frame off restoration on that. A lot of new new old stock parts went into that. Uh, took the original 327 and power glide out and put a Rebuilt power glide with a shift kit and a beefed up 327 back in it, and uh, it was uh, regal red with uh, white interior, white top, black carpeting. Very, very sharp car, and uh, eventually sold that. Got a '66 Impala convertible, not an SS, also red. And uh, then let's see. After that, uh, it was. Those were both sold in a 66 Chevy Nova SS. That was up in Binghamton. We, we had moved from that area down to Pennsylvania. Right. And went back up to actually look at it. And I remember when the guy opened the garage door and fired it up, you were, you said to yourself, oh boy. This yeah, is, this yeah, it was very nice. It had uh, Corvette side pipes on it, uh, just headers and the Corvette side pipes. It had originally been built as a uh, street racer out on Long Island. The story went, it only had a driver's seat in it. The guy I got it from replaced the interior and uh, did some further work on the... Tucked and rolled the dash, right? Yeah, it was tucked and rolled dash. Uh, it was stripped uh, under the hood pretty much. Battery was in the trunk, no heater. Uh, it was just uh, a big uh, 396 uh, Chevy radiator in it. And uh, an engine, that was pretty much it. No power steering, no power brakes. They had the M22 rock crusher clutch, right? Yeah, close bar. ratio uh, rock crusher, well, close ratio Muncie. Mm -hmm. uh, 410 rear, and it was it was a, a street racer ride. It was not a, it was an eighth mile car, not a not a quarter mile mm -hmm. car. Yeah. And then, uh, and then after that, it was the, uh, it was the motorcycle period for about, <laughs> 15, 18 years. Mm -hmm. Carolyn had a couple different bikes, and I had probably four. And uh, we just traveled extensively on yeah, those. Yeah, say some of the places you've been. I mean, that, that's more than just going around the state. You well, know. we went, did a trip to California and back. It was about 8,000 miles. Went to uh, 
Nova Scotia, took a ferry over to uh, Newfoundland, rode around Newfoundland, been out to uh, Key West. Uh, we both rode, uh, I think the first you rode was probably what, Asheville, North Carolina. It was a Honda Hoot down there. Probably had about 50,000 miles of uh, motorcycle period, so. Did you always have Hondas? Were they all? Uh, no, Kawasaki's and Hondas. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have Hondas. Yeah. Well, I had a, the last two bikes were uh, Kawasaki Nomads uh, 1500s. They were big road bike, nice bike. And uh, and then we went uh, wheelless for a while, except the day-to-day -day drivers, and now have uh, owned for about three years a uh, 2000 uh, C5 Corvette. Red again. Red, red again. again. Red yeah. again convertible. Mm -hmm. So that's what torch red. Yes, torch red. Yeah. It's a sharp car. So that's been the, the automotive history on our end. And you actually had it in the uh, Carlisle events, Corvettes Carlisle flag yeah. parade this last yep, year. Yep, this past year it was featured in the in the shot they do of all the Corvettes that make up the American flag. So then, uh, and then Darren started his uh, era of. Uh, vehicles <laughs> yeah i've been I bought and sold probably i don't have to really stop and think about it. daily drivers and everything else probably upwards of 18 cars well, that's what i was going to say can you go through them do you remember all of them that you had in the order that you had okay well i had uh, this is off the cuff i didn't I haven't prepared so you started with the mustang i had a 68 did. mustang and then i i went through a period of time where i thought well i can't get to college and i don't want to take that on campus so then i started to buy the junk cars just to get me going i had uh, some really non-glamorous vehicles like a pontiac j2000 that uh, uh buddy and i did a zero to 60 test in and i remember after he was he, he said how about now and i said not yet and he was counting off 28 29 30 31 seconds and, and it was still struggling to get the 60 <laughs> back road so that was about as gutless as, as it comes um couple escort station wagons as college vehicles and they were sort of disposable vehicles get them for 700 bucks drive them for your half a year and you know, flip it and get something else um and then you had what was the burgundy one i had a nissan stanza that was pretty cool was and then you had a ford Taurus wagon right oh my word that big green Which was wagon that cool that was not cool <laughs> at all and that was in my early 20s um, but I, I, to me, it was almost like a little mini SUV because I was super into mountain biking at the time. So it was a great command vehicle. I could just throw a bike in the back and lift the tailgate and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, there was, there was a lot of non-sexy vehicles uh, in that, that process. And uh, because of that, slowly tried to get back into it. And that's where, of course, the Cubers know about the 13 BRZ and slowly gained back into doing that but in the midst you also had you had a Saab I did I had, had a, I had a Saab 9000 uh, S five door and that was beautiful it was midnight blue with a camel interior and you had a white Honda I had a white, yeah, yeah, five speed Civic which was a it was a fun little car so there were you're right there were a couple um, semi cool cars in there mm -hmm. now I, I would love to have something newer like I have my, my current as well as maybe for me a 55 Chevy I would love to have uh almost a, a slicked out gasser style 55 Chevy. To me, I'd, I'd pay homage to American Graffiti, the one that Harrison Ford drove. They actually uh, make quite a few out there. People will restore them to look somewhat like that, sort of like the Eleanor craze. There are those out there that will make them look like the movie car. So that would be, that would be something of interest to me. 
Okay, so when we were uh, doing the ice hike a couple weeks ago, you were sharing a story about a car growing up that you had. So let's jump into a couple of uh, the stories you had about the not-so-glamorous times with the vehicles in the past. Well, my dad had uh, an aunt that uh, had a private away frame on Canoga Lake, and we would come down from New York State and visit. And then when we moved to central Pennsylvania, we would, of course, go up towards Bloomsburg to visit. And, and Canoga Lake is where? It is near, about 45 minutes north of Bloomsburg. Okay. Red Rock, Ricketts Glen. Yeah, okay. Red Ricketts Glen, Red Rock Mountain. And, I don't know, that was, what, a 1984, 85-ish? Yeah, right around there. So. But, yeah. uh, well, I'll let my dad describe the car and what, what happened. <laughs> I, I retold the story to Scott as we were doing an ice hike adventure last month, or earlier, and uh, it, it was a, one of my favorite stories. But. Well, it was a... Uh, it was black. It was Mercury station wagon had about every option on it you could you could get, including the requisite uh, wood grain contact paper on the sides <laughs> to emulate a Woody. But uh, it was in the era of uh, maximum uh, emission controls, and it was totally gutless. It was a small V8. Uh, would floored went up that mountain about 20 miles an hour maybe <laughs> i'm not sure we were doing 20 but, uh, but it was a, a terrible car uh followed at some point uh, i got the sequence i don't i'm not sure of here it was a pinto station wagon also that came before yeah. before yeah it was, that was a that was a powerful four speed wow <laughs> and those were really safe too right? oh yeah they were yeah. well the station wagons were a little safer than the cars but uh it was orange with the uh Wood grain. Yes. That was the update from paper. the light blue. Remember we yeah. had the powder blue one. Yes. We are in love with Pintos for some reason. Wow. I don't know. And some interesting colors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as I remember, I it did had no storage space, so I made a it's box. It's a Pinto. How would it have yeah. 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 It's a bubble. Yeah. Well, well, no, remember, this was a station wagon. Oh. oh yeah. So uh, I made this box to keep, you know, emergency items in and so on in the back. And as I remember it, I covered with leftover orange shag carpet, which was all the rage back then. Yeah. You know. Was this box external or internal? Internal. Oh, internal. Okay. And uh, okay. kids would uh, sit on it or lie on the box. You know, it was very safe, I'm sure. <laughs> like a rumble seat. Right. Yeah. yeah, like a rumble seat. Yeah. The plywood would crumble on that collision. And then there so was, it was a crumble seat. Yeah, a crumble seat. <laughs> okay. And then there was a. Uh, a Fairmont wagon oh, that was that blue. I think that was that maybe. also was the, the ice blue. Yeah, it was. I don't even remember what year that was. It was the 80s sometime, uh -huh. I think. So uh, then it was a a uh, Ford Thunderbird. I think it was officially known as as Blue Thunder. Because uh, it was blue too. It was it blue. Was. Same wow. color, light blue. It was a land yacht. It yeah, it was, was a, roughly ten feet wide. Well, the hood was approximately one and a half times longer than the trunk lid. I mean, it was. Uh, and you didn't like any of these cars. Well, at the time, we didn't brag about them. We didn't brag. We said farewell, fairly. <laughs> yeah, we had to have two cars, and that was what fit the bill at the time. But it terrible handling. The thing was like driving a battleship on the road <laughs> with a waterbed on it. Yeah, yeah, it was blue water. And uh, what, what are some of the other? Notice yeah, how lightning wasn't in its name. No, it was no, no. The, the what? The station with the vans. Oh, tell about your Aerostar. Oh, yeah, you've yeah. got an Aerostar story. <laughs> I went to Virginia to pick Darren up from college with a couple of his buddies, and uh, the car was pretty loaded. And coming back up through Virginia, 
we came to a stoplight and a guy behind me he was trying to race me so I said to Darren watch this and I left him in my dust <laughs> he just couldn't believe it because he had a sporty car and I'm in a van with some college students <laughs> must have been the only uh, overpowered Aerostar Ford ever made. I don't know. It was, it, it, for some reason, it had a lot of guts. It but, did. Uh, it was modified in some way. Uh -huh. yeah. Later, Rick's or Darren's dad said, "Let's find out what kind of guts this car has." And Darren and I looked at each other and said, "We, we already, already know. know. <laughs> <laughs> We've tested it. We beat the station wagon going up Rick's Glen. Oh, oh my! Yes. Cyclists, good. Oh yeah. The good and bad of the years, I guess. Mm. So, so I need, needless to say, Darren's been around wheels. For a long time, including a uh, tell tell about his uh, matchbox collection. He had cases and hundreds, cases hundreds, yeah. of matchbox and cars, Hot Wheels. Oh, and I made him a city yeah, that, that he cool. could drive them on and pedal on material with uh, houses and roads. Mm -hmm. And we'd go to the store, and he'd know what he had, and he'd go look through the racks and say, "I don't have this one, or I have it in blue, but I want it in green." Or mm -hmm. And of course, you had it in blue. Every car you had, asphalt and real was blue. But he yeah. knew what he had. Or red. Yeah. Or red. <laughs> right. Yeah, I had a mental inventory of all those. Yeah, you played hours. And you probably hours still do. Well, I kept them all. I still have them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were that, and there's a lot of. You might find a picture or two to put on an Instagram, but every it seemed like every picture of me at the house or around the house, Christmas morning, birthday picture, opening a gift. It was some. It was either a dump truck or a wheeled something or. Uh, smoking the Bandit truck or Hot Wheels track or oh you had a Smokey and wasn't that a Smokey and the Bandit race yeah that was set a, once yeah it was a tr tragedy there yeah <laughs> what I I wanted it so badly my sister denies this ever happened it's sort of like one of those mysterious things a fallacy of history but uh, oh, I, I set the, I set the thing up and it was like one of a slot car thing so it had of course you powered it with the hand handheld gun pistol thing and, and you would uh, drive a, it was actually a little um, cop car had alternating blue and red lights on the top and then it had a truck that was sort of like from smoking the bandit it was a 18 wheeler and it pulled the trailer and they would he would chase the truck around the track. Well, I was, was a little Burt Reynolds in it and stuff. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> a little Sally Fields. Yeah, a little Sally Fields. I asked for that, but that was a, a, a <laughs> bolt on that I didn't get. It's the adult store. <laughs> <laughs> I had the little Sally Fields. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, I had set it up. I think I might have gotten one entire circumference lap done. And my sister was excited about something. And she comes running by. And I didn't think ahead because I put the power cord across... And she caught it as she ran by and ripped the entire track off the dining room table into lots of pieces. So, and it never worked then? It never was the same again. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't let her forget about that. <laughs> that, was a, that was a tragic Christmas morning. All right. So we'll ask Darren some, uh, some questions later in the interview, specifically from him of what he remembers. So Rick and Carolyn, uh, if you could just share, maybe if you have a, a couple of memories of when Darren was younger before he would even remember things, if there was anything specific that related to uh, automotives and cars and his love of it from the very beginning. He was pretty little and he was in his car seat and there was a Jeep in front of us and I said, that's a Jeep. And in no time he was saying Jeep and he could spell it. J E E P, just and I couldn't believe it. He's going around Jeep, Jeep, you know. He wanted a Jeep. He's lucky a Lamborghini wasn't first. The spelling on that one, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that G H is really tough. He would have just said Lambo instead. 
He liked, liked trucks, trucks too, but truck was a harder word to say. I think it came out fruck. <laughs> <laughs> or something <laughs> like that, something which I would have to beep out so yeah. you say whatever. Did I embarrass you a couple times in a oh, store? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he would truck, say truck. like the, the frackin' Jeep would be if there was yeah, a truck yeah. and a Jeep thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he did it, but it had a dirt pile that had a complete fleet of uh, Tonka excavators. And, and then uh, when it was time to quit work, he had he could relax. He had a Tonka Win Winnebago to go on vacation. <laughs> so uh, it was uh, it it was always wheels. It was a yeah. little getaway world. That Winnebago was very cool. In fact, it was large enough that I would put stuff in it, and then I could ride it down the driveway. It was it was big. Like I would sit on it and just ride it. So it was. And that would have beat the Woody going up Ricketts Glen too. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the only other thing I would uh, want to say is uh, Darren was probably around eight when he first started coming to uh, Carlisle Vents uh, for when we would come down from near Binghamton, New York with a couple of buddies of mine that were into cars uh, and uh, spent a long day there and drive back the same day usually. So uh, he was into that for many years and then we went to Hershey several times also when we had all the Model A's. So, so he's uh, very intimately aware of the growth of the, certainly of the Carlisle Vents shows. Do you want to tell the uh, story about when you and mom, you had that 66 Chevy 2 entered at uh, the War College, but you guys were called away or something? Yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the only time I'd have to say his, his uh, car interest waned a little bit was, uh, Carolyn and I were away on traveling, and uh, it was when I had the 66 Nova, which was uh, you know, a nice-looking car, black, blue interior. Yeah, there's the blue again. It's yeah. the blue. Yeah, yeah there's the... Marina blue this time. Can't yeah. get away from it. And uh, I described that car earlier. But anyway, in Carlisle is the Army War College, and every year they would have a... An, around the same time at Carlisle events, uh, not concurrent, but... Um, they would have a uh, car show, big car show at the uh, parade field there. There were bleachers, and uh, there were classes of, of, for each of the cars. And so I said, Darren, do you want to take the Nova over? So he said, sure. So he he drove it over, and uh, it was a warm summer day, and uh, he was in the shade in the uh, bleachers, and... <laughs> What ha what happens with uh, the car show is there's one overall car that the commandant in the uh, of the war college picks as the one car he would like he or she would like to have uh, of all the cars there. So they're announcing uh, from the stand with the owner of the '66 Black Nova, please come down in the in the uh, award line, and uh, of course Darren's sleeping. So. Uh, <laughs> Took a small nap. Yeah, he. Uh, a large nap. I, th I think they were about ready to give up when what somebody nudged you. Yeah, or somebody just by power of deduction realized this hey, might be uh, the owner. Yeah, isn't that your vehicle down there? They're trying to get somebody to give an award, so, so I guess he finally got it over and received the commandant. Yeah, as I was, rubbing, I had to like take the, the trophy and shake the commandant's hand. I that was dedication. Yeah, yeah. I think he slipped off the car wagon a little bit right there. Just a little bit. That was just must have been a long work week, and I was catching a few few winks. You know, I'm going to jump into one thing. I'm just realizing the theme here with this is that because that wasn't his car, because I've joked with him forever for the last 30 years 
He'll do anything in anyone else's car that he would not do in his own car. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's go down this muddy lane. Let's go down this pothole road. Let's jump this gorge. Yeah. But not in his car. Let me park my car first and we'll take yours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And let me drive and do things that I wouldn't do in my own car. All right. Getting right into it. Question number one. What is your very or one of your very first memories of cars or automotive? I would have to say that my one of my very first memories was I was just barely four years old and I do vividly remember coming home from Montrose, Pennsylvania and my sister was being brought home from the hospital and I remember we were in uh, the light blue Pinto wagon and I remember looking over the seat and being so proud of her and that type of thing but that was just one of my all I mean that one of my very first memories in general I do also remember my was dad. that the rumble seat or what she referred to as the rooster seat? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> much, uh, much, much later. But I do remember my dad's dad, my, my grandpa Bud. I was probably two and a half or three. That would, might have been even, well, definitely would have been an earlier memory. And he would uh, grab me by my the, the back of my shirt and pick me up like a, like a bear cub kind of thing and swing me around in his teeth. Um, and I thought that was hilarious, but there are pictures of me playing with plastic cars and he would come up behind me and do that kind of thing. So, and I do remember being frustrated as a, as a toddler, like, I just want to play with this car and you keep picking me up and swinging me around. So that would probably be one of my very first, but it was always a car in my hand, uh, a Tonka truck, um, a plastic 18 wheeler, something. But if it had wheels, I had it with me at all times. Okay, so kind of piggybacking off of that question, mm-hmm. what is one of your best childhood memories of cars? One of my very best, I think... Or experiences. It could be anything, like anything mm-hmm. that you may have done with people car-wise or anything that you remember pertaining to automotive. That's, okay, that's a good question. I would say that uh, because most of my first 10 to 12 years was working with my dad on the, on the 1929 Model A's, they're not a very exciting car and they're not a very fast car. And uh, I can recall good memories being maybe my dad and I, uh, just the two of us, father, son, going to a car show and we'd be cruising along at, at max speed of 45, 50 miles an hour. And, and uh, people would go by and point and look at us like, wow, look at that. That's really cool, that old car. And then after a while, we just reversed it on them and we would point at the regular everyday car and go wow look there's a 75 whatever and i'd like so we would have have fun doing that kind of thing we got a lot of laughs out of that um but there was a car show i forget what town it was in i remember we stayed overnight in a hotel because it was a little bit farther than normal and my dad knew that i had been patiently dealing with these older slower cars and i might have been about nine and he asked this guy who was driving i think it it might have been uh, it might have been a Chevelle. I think it was. It was like a, a '67 Chevelle, and it had a 396 big block. And he said, "Would you take my son for a ride? I want him to experience what a muscle car is all about." And I'd always been in these slower cars, of course. And this this guy took me down the down the street and and came back a couple miles, and he was on that throttle and jamming the gears. And I remember being thrown back into the seat, thinking. 
wow. The just the <laughs> roar and the the V eight and all of that is probably one of the first times that I I was intoxicated with the whole idea of I love muscle cars. And you were able to feel it as opposed to just oh, seeing. Oh yeah, exactly. Too. And it's one thing to see these kind of cars leaving a parking lot and peeling out and that type of thing, but for the first time to actually experience it, I was like a kid in a roller coaster. Okay, so this question sent in by one of the listeners says, name three people, local or famous, that come to mind immediately when you say the word cars. Well, not just because he's my father and, and because he's part of this, this particular show, but a big appreciation to my dad, Rick, because he has always encouraged my love of, of cars. Um, he understands it's a, it's a bit of a sickness Anyone that's really into vehicles knows that. Sometimes it goes beyond logic. Uh, there's a passion for it, and you, you just almost get obsessive about pursuing that part or that vehicle or whatever it might be, and uh, I, I immediately think of him. Uh, secondly, I would have to think of kind of a, a two-part. My number two would be a two-part answer. I never met Chip Miller, but uh, I, I'm uh, very, very and much in, in awe and respect of his son Lance Miller and wish I had known Chip but uh, what they've been able to do along with Bill Miller 2 and Bill Miller 3 with the whole Carlisle event certainly being able to bring everyone and everything together um, and building something really out of out of nothing from the, the mid 70s to where we see it today so people from all walks of life from all over the world coming to hear in Carlisle uh, because of wheeled objects, because of cars, trucks, etc. That that to me would be my second answer. And number three, I would have to say, I know this sounds kind of hokey, but thanks to Henry Ford, quite honestly, with uh, without the uh, what he was able to bring in the way of uh, mass production, I think it, it completely revolutionized the way that automobiles became available to everyone and it has become just a mainstay of our life, all of our lives, not just American lives, but uh, all over the world. And uh, he was, I just read something recently where he uh, approached his engineers and said he wanted to have a V8 cast out of a single block of iron. And the engineers kept saying it can't be done. We, he can't have it out, cast out of a single, uh, single piece. And he was patient and just said, keep trying six months went by chief engineer said we've been trying we we just don't think we can continue on and a, a year later i think 14 months 18 months whatever it took he finally said just keep trying and they finally did figure it out so it's that type of that patience and, and perseverance that uh, i respect and admire and, and certainly you cannot think of automobiles without henry ford regardless if even if you're not a ford fan okay next question would be uh, okay, this one's one of mine. I know uh, what your all-time favorite movie is because you can repeat every word. Sure. But what would be a couple of your other favorite car movies and why? Well, if you go old school, Smoking the Bandit, Cannonball Run, Gumball Rally, uh, Bullet. Nah, we're never really into the, the whole plot of the movie. But boy, that, that car chase scene, everybody knows about it and, and can relate to it. But there have been some really great ones of late, certainly... You have uh, the Fast and Furious, and and uh, but some others that maybe don't get quite the press would be Rush with Nicky Lauda, and uh, that is such a great movie about the Formula One world. And I don't know how many people have heard of it, seen it, or watched it, but to me, 
one that uh, is a bit of a, a dark horse is this, it's a Kevin Spacey movie that has uh, it's called Baby Driver. Oh, and, that's a great movie. Yeah, and yeah. I even went out and bought the soundtrack to it and everything. But one of the opening scenes is uh, is the the wheel man, this young kid, and he's behind the wheel of a of a boosted. Um, I think they stole it. It was a Subaru w, WRX, and at the end of a bike, this bank heist, they all get in the vehicle, and it's the it's the getaway car, and it's great. The yeah, music it's is a great really it. it's a really cool movie, and even if you don't like cars, which if you're listening to this podcast, that's not, not probably the case, but for even someone in your life that's not a car fan, it's amazing. It's a great movie, so. Baby Driver, that's my recommendation for a current movie. Good, good, good. Okay, so there's two more questions. One of mine and one that someone else had sent in here. Um, the one that was sent in was, name, uh, if you've had it, an experience that was scary or near death for you that gave you a true healthy appreciation for the strength of automobiles. Well, it would be junior of high school. I, I won't say his last name, but uh, high school friend, fellow football player, Eric W. And we were in his 6.6 liter Trans Am. Uh, we were in Shippensburg scouting out the Greyhounds for the following weekend when we were going to be, play, be playing them. We came to the last light in town heading, I guess, east, going back towards Newville. And there was one other friend in the back seat, and I was up in the in the shotgun seat. And he said, when this light turns green, he said, I'm just going to mash it and stay on the throttle as long as possible. Well, on a two-lane road at 124, 125 miles an hour, I remember screaming to the point I was going hoarse, telling him, all right, I've had enough. Slow this down. Um, that was one of those really not-so-smart teenage moments. You were lucky. And I realized um, in hindsight, especially that night, Later, when it was all said and done, the adrenaline rush was over, and but we were fortunate, yeah, and uh, definitely not encouraged, not condoned, and uh, kind of scary to have thought that anything could have happened. A, you know, animal, a deer, a, a car pulling out from a side road, it would have been horrific. So uh, nothing fun about that. All right, so the last question is then, um, what are three to five things, or just a few things, that you want the listeners to know about you not necessarily even pertaining to cars or automotive, and actually probably preferably not. Just hmm. something personal about you. Okay. Well, very much uh, active guy. Um, never sit still. In fact, working on this podcast is a, a bit of a part-time, full-time type of job, and Scott and others that are involved with Cars of Carlisle are aware of that. Currently, we're all working full-time jobs and do this there's work to be done most evenings and every single weekend as far as finding interviews and, and traveling to shows and locations and, and be sure to try and bring great content to all of you and, and to things that are interesting. I always try to think of it as what is um, interesting that you may want to hear and to, to take the, your ideas and suggestions and pursue those. So being on the move, always active, um, been an athlete all my life, love to do all kinds of crazy things. Uh, ice hiking and uh, paragliding and you name it, jet skiing and scuba diving and ski downhill skiing, Nordic skiing, uh, surfing. Yeah, so longboarding, you name it. Always constantly on the move, trying a new sport and new activity and challenging myself. 
and uh, certainly love people, love being a people person. I think that's somewhat evident through all the interviews and what have you, but I truly get a charge out of meeting new people, talking to them, learning their story, listening to them, understanding where they're coming from, different perspectives. Uh, that's That to me is incredibly important. Love to travel. It's been uh, a real pleasure and an honor through my my full-time job to be able to have visited places all over the world, including Brazil and Sweden, but to also make other travel um, to European and other countries on my own dime and uh, love to explore the new cultures and new places and all of that. So that's that to me is uh, also very key. So I'd say that's, I don't know, that's three or four items, but that's, that's, a, that's a handful. That's good. Well, that gives everybody a little idea, a little glimpse into your world. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have any other questions or any comments, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, email us. Go onto the website, carsofcarlisle.com. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Follow us wherever you can, Twitter, and uh, reach out to us. We want to hear from you, and we want to hear about you as well. Absolutely. That's That's been said throughout the entire 42-plus uh, episodes is that this is truly your podcast, and we at Cars of Carlisle are a team of people that work very hard to bring you great content and to hear your perspectives. We want to celebrate your love of cars and, and your uh, vehicles and what have you so continue to reach out to us we thank you for connecting with us a big big thank you to scott for hosting this week yes uh wasn't so keen on this whole idea but uh glad he he jumped in the driver's seat on this particular one and uh, jumping in one more time too yeah uh i'll give the shout out this week to uh your wonderful sponsor man engineering uh, yes santa clara california yes, gary lou and team uh check them out check out the website contact them be in touch with them for anything subaru performance yep man at www.man-engineering.com all right well scott since you've been uh behind the wheel all night i'll let you go ahead and wrap it up so this is where we say drive well be well and take care nice job hey thanks see you next week